0: You sent in the wolf? Shit, that's all you had to say.
1: Get away from her, you bitch. Banana, banana.
0: Aristotle was not Belgian.
1: Fortune and glory, kid. Fortune and glory.
0: You're not even interesting enough to
1: make me sick. It's only an island if you look at it from the water. I'm your density.
0: hello everyone and welcome to sending the wolf my name is Clark wolf thank you for joining me today um, today is a really really fun episode I think uh, I think you guys are gonna hear something that's a little ridiculous but a lot of fun my guest today is Bria grant Bria is an actress and a director and she is a host of a podcast that I had pulled up the name of and it's called the reading glasses podcast on uh, the maximum fun network and um, Bria has been a friend of mine for a couple of years now, she and I met through various genre uh, scenes and situations, and she has been one of the most supportive people uh, in my career. And I, I just absolutely adore her. And she picked *The Wizard of Oz*, so. If you guys have been listening to this show, this is the 10th episode, you know that a handful of the of the movies that have come up have been movies that I like or some that I don't like. But this is the first one that has come up that is truly one of my favorite movies of all time. And not only is it one of my favorite movies of all time, but it is a movie that has influenced me and had an effect on me since... I can remember. I feel, and Bria and I talk about this, but I feel like I came out of the womb and the Wizard of Oz was playing. Um, so what you're about to hear honestly is is as close to me being a guest on my own podcast as you can get. And I, I'm super grateful to Bria for, for going along on this adventure with me. We are both actresses. We're both from the South. We both, have similar tastes and in, in movies and all kinds of things. And so this was a really fun episode. Uh, you are also going to hear that I am the president of the Mandy Moore fan club. Yes, you'll understand. Uh, and I have a couple of corrections to make. First of all, uh, Bria and I get into a conversation about Steven Spielberg's war of the worlds. And I said that I said, L fanning, uh, was in war of the worlds. And as we all know, I misspoke the lovely Dakota fanning also from the South. Uh, uh, is in War of the Worlds and um, War of the Worlds was uh, did not start as a radio play. It started as a novel by H.G. Wells, but it was popularized as a radio play uh, by Orson Wells and scared a whole lot of people. So as I sort of hinted at before, this is an episode where we are going to get to know Bria, but you guys might also get to know me a little bit. This is also, you know, the Wizard of Oz is the stuff of Hollywood legend. And this is an episode where Bria and I get a little Hollywood. I hope it's interesting. I hope it's entertaining. We talk about auditions and we talk about the business that we work in and we talk about Los Angeles and we talk about dreams and cynicism and all kinds of stuff, um, I love this conversation. I am warning you. This is as though you are listening to me talk to one of my good friends, so I'm very off the cuff, and uh, if you have a problem with me and the way I talk, this might not be the episode for you. But nevertheless, it's a lot of fun. I I love that Bria did this. I think you guys are going to have a good time, and this is a big one. This is a big one for the AFI list and for, you know, Hollywood scholars everywhere. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, here is my conversation with Bria Grant talking about The Wizard of Oz. Um, And then we'll, towards the end, I'll ask you uh, about if you have a movie you want to add that's not on the list. Oh, God. But you can think about it. Okay, all right. And if you you don't, then you don't have to. Okay, okay, (laughs) great, 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 great. great. Um, But I want to ask you, let's start by talking about your podcast, Okay. Because you do a podcast. I do. And I love that. So it's funny because, you know, like we talk, you and I talk a lot about career and stuff. Uh, but it's, it's funny. People, I think have a, they, they're just now getting used to the idea that especially women in this industry, um, do more than one thing.
1: Oh yeah. And, uh, people hate it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. But people are like, but what do you really want to be doing? And I'm like, no, i I'm doing the things I want to be doing. Yeah. Can't I do all of the things and be okay with be doing everything that I'm doing? People are like, but which one of those is the throwaway thing? <laughs> <laughs> or I have more interests than just one thing. As it turns out, people
0: can be multidimensional.
1: Like, <laughs> believe it or not.
0: And so, but one of the things that I love about the podcast you do is it's about books. It is. And and like I just, I think that that's, you know, we all, I guess, I'm always interested or fascinated when I have girlfriends who have like a book club or whatever. Because the discipline it takes to actually read, sit down and
1: read. Oh, yeah.
0: Like that's to me very hard to do.
1: You know what though? For me, it's a habit I have had since I was very young. So it's not a discipline at all. I mean, I read every night before I go to bed without fail. I can't fall asleep unless I'm reading a book and I fall asleep reading a book every single night. so cool. And like, if I have like finished a book and I don't have, I mean, I will like Google a book. Like if I have to have, I have to have a book to fall asleep and I've always been a big reader. I I worked at a library when I was in high school. I went to graduate school and I mean like, there are definitely things people don't think of, of when they think of me and I think this was, it was funny, I was just, Talking with my friend Mallory. I think you know Mallory. Do you know Mallory, I who I do know. the podcast with? Mallory America? Oh, yes. I met her. We met her at Happy Hour when we combined forces. We did, we we <laughs> remaining into each other at Happy Hour. That's right. Um, Mallory is a producer for Dark Dunes. And yeah. so she has this whole aspect of her that's not book related. And But we every time we see each other, we're like, oh, what are you reading? Because we read some of the same like horror sci-fi books. Yeah. And so we were talking about that in front of our friend Jason Miller. And he's like, you guys should just do a podcast. This is like too much. Because we were like literally talking, comparing notes on book lights. That's like how big of readers we are. I love it. And that's what kind of the podcast is. It's like kind of about book culture, like, and questions about books and things like that. Not just like book reviews. Cause I feel like there are a lot of podcasts that are like, and this is book is about this. And Mm -hmm. if you haven't read the book, it's not that interesting. right? And I leave a lot, read a lot of obscure Like YA Genre books Yeah (laughs) But I think anyone Who knows me Or has been around me On a set They have seen me read A lot Because I bring a book Everywhere I go And so to a lot of people it was like not surprising, but to other people are like, oh, you know how to read? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, isn't it fascinating when people, uh, yeah, it's, what a surprise. Oh, you read? Oh, you watch these, well, you watch a certain kind of movie? Uh, yeah. Oh, you consume a certain type of media? It's like, yes, yes, I, I sure do. It,
1: it's, it's part of it's part of my life. It's like, it's just, reading to me is as essential as like going to the gym. Like I literally just do it every day. It's part of my like regular routine.
0: I love that. That's you know, it's funny because I read a lot of nonfiction, Mm. um, and I feel like I read new the news, but really true news, like long form pieces, things like that in publications or periodicals. Um, But it's it's really the thing with scripted or scripted the things with the thing with fiction with me is that it's it's got to be a certain type of it's got to grab me so fast, otherwise I can't power through it. Totally. Um, but it's honestly that's. same with a movie too like I've gotten to a point now where if I start a movie and at home of course and I'm not into it it's like I'm not gonna do this just to be a completionist I I feel oh, no. like I would rather find something that I enjoy that I'm going to get something well, out of there's so many good movies
1: now but, I mean that, yeah that there's so much good movies and so many good tv tv this is yeah. the problem I have with the binge the binge culture where people are like oh you should watch this show and I'm like mm, I watched the pilot I wasn't into and people are like you got to watch three episodes and I'm like I I would never dedicate three episodes worth of time for a movie. That's like watching three hours of something. If I didn't like the movie, I would turn it off. Like, there's no way I'm watching... Three episodes of a show just to get into it—that's
0: a hard one too. Because, like, you know, you work in television or have worked a lot in
1: television. Pilots are so hard, Dude. and you know what—they are mostly pretty bad. I mean, but, but now the standard is high, and I, I'm true. okay with it. Like, raise that bar, raise the bar for a pilot. It should be better. And like these premise pilots, people need to quit it. Mm-hmm. Quit it with the premise pilots. Like, we got it. We get. We read the description. We know what the show is about. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was my biggest t- uh, challenge with Ozark. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, that. I I start. I love Jason Bates. Bateman. I think he's very talented. Um, and so I was interested in the premise, but then I realized that he directed the pilot as well. Oh. And so I was like, okay, this is cool. It's on Netflix. Bateman's in it. Like the cast is, is solid. Who's the lady? Uh, Laura Linney. Oh yeah, great. Yeah, amazing, so, amazing. So I thought for sure, oh, this will be a new spin on that, you know, conservative guy or like, you know, family man who who gets in trouble and has to turn to a life of crime in right. some way. Like that's, (laughs) you know, and, and that was for me exactly what that pilot was. Like it did nothing revolutionary. It didn't, Mm. it didn't, it, for me, it didn't put a spin on any of it. And at that point I was like, you know, I support, I, I'm a fan of Jason Bateman and his acting and I love that he directed this, but like, I am not going to give this anymore. And, and I feel, but yeah, it's like, if you're not going to do something that's going to I'll give you an example. This is us pilot. Oh, see I have never I've never watched this is us, stru- surprisingly. Okay. So, I thought this was like I liked Parenthood just as much as everybody. Did. Oh, so good! Um, but when I saw, and I love Mandy Moore. I love her.
1: I <laughs> love She's her. She's so like our generation's like cool girl who broke out of like because at the time when she came out, yes. sorry, the side, total side note. No, but it was Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, and Mandy Moore. Yes. And I remember thinking Mandy Moore is so much cooler than the other two. And it turns out I feel like I was right. I think you were right. <laughs> Although I don't think I don't think she thought she was cooler. Because
0: you know that was what was so charming about her was she was. Loving Probably goofy, yeah, and you know that the time of the pop stars of the, you know, Christina and Britney, even Jessica Simpson, oh, like right. all about her. sexy, like super sexy, in the song and the dance, and then here comes Mandy Moore, like admittedly <laughs> a horrible dancer, yes. no rhythm, like trying to do this thing, and everybody, but I think she's so likable, right? Yeah, she and is. So and so, I think that that lent itself really well to her early acting roles, and she's like, there's a movie called American Dream. That's, like, based on kind of, like, American Idol, sort of. Right, right, but it's satire. a good, Yeah, 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 yeah. And she's great in that. She's great in Saved. Oh, like, she's great in Saved. So, like, her re- re-emerge, reemerging as, like... And, and also... In terms of her music career, she had she released two albums that were very folk and um and I love like them. Like this is post pop.
1: Uh, yes. So she did like the pop career and then released some folk. Yes, albums. it Makes was, sense It's
0: like more and you know I mean it was just like indie kind of song singer songwriter stuff. But I think it's tr- really great. They were uh, Wild Hope and Amanda Lee was what they were called. I listen to them all the time. Still, I
1: love the, how big of a Mandy Moore fan you I are really right now. Love I her. mean, like you're really you know a lot of trivia about Mandy Moore. <laughs> 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 I mean, I'm sorry, I don't want to. Embarrass you in your own house. Anything, <laughs> As it turns out, you are the founding member of the Mandy Moore fan club. Fan club. <laughs> the treasurer, secretary, and founding member.
0: And this is, uh, guys, I have a news for you. This has become the Mandy Moore. <laughs> As it turns um, out. But no, the, I, my point is that with this is us, um, I like her. I saw the, but I was like, this looks a little cheesy for me, and I'm just not interested. I am developing a TV show um, that I want to play with time. Mm. And so a friend of mine said, hey, have you watched the pilot for this? Is Us and I was like, uh, no, no, not really. And he was like, listen, um, for what you're trying to do. It might be worth watching, and um, and you know, spoiler for the pilot of This Is Us. <laughs> you can do it; now. it's fine. Um, but uh, basically, you follow Mandy Moore and Milo Ventimiglia, and then you follow uh, Sterling K. Brown and Chrissy Metz, and um, I always forget the, Justin Hartley, the the man, the Manny. Um, and uh, you follow all five of these characters, and then what you find out at the very end is that Milo and Mandy are their parents. Oh,
1: okay. And The whole time I like have I know so little about yeah. the show that this is, I didn't know that. It's
0: a Yeah, and so like the whole time um, you've been watching the 80s and you just don't know it because they, oh. they don't draw attention to it. And then of course the kids are present day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, the point of that very long side sidetrack is that that was a pilot where I actively went in and went, I don't want to watch this, but I'm watching it for research reasons. And as soon as it finished, I was like, I mean, maybe I'll watch it. <laughs> and then I'm not kidding. I sat there for seven hours and basically oh my God. caught up on everything that had been out for that
1: season. But I, I, well, I mean, people say it's awesome, it's just like not a show I've watched. Yeah, I feel like eventually I will get to the it. The acting
0: is great. Um, but in terms of as you say and as we were talking about with the pilot or like you know you it is possible to do and there are there, there are so many choices now. Right. That There's so many. You really have to. You know
1: why else I didn't watch it? This is going to sound so like actress like being uh, whatever I-, I auditioned for it a few times before it came out Oh. and I felt like I really did a good job and they didn't hire me which is fine obviously that happens a ton I'm a actress. I audition sure. for things constantly, but uh, it was one of those things where when it came out, I was like, I'm not going to watch this yet. Maybe yeah. later. No, and like,
0: I, but I will eventually. I, yeah. I, w- I will say without, I'm not going to name any names, but there's a, a person that I was very close to a couple of years ago. And she was kind of like my little sister. And she um, was one of the leads on a show where people were like, hey, oh my God, you would love this show. Like, it's a genre, you <laughs> need to watch it. And and there was no falling out between the two of us, but it was just um, kind of like, you know, she, no. she moved on and she didn't need my help anymore. Ugh, and so I kind awful. of got my feelings hurt a little bit. And so I was like, I mean, I, I just I need space. I need yeah. a little time. Like maybe I'll watch it event and I'm very happy for her success
1: and all of that. But like I just it just kinda hurts my feelings a little bit. You know, totally. What I, mean? I mean, it is weird to live in Los Angeles because you have such a relationship with yes. like ninety percent of the things <laughs> that come out. Like I've read the pilot I mean, during pilot season you read all the yeah. pilots. And yeah. so like there's a lot of them where I are like, Oh, I didn't picture that, that way. You know, it's is- just <laughs> cares about yes. my opinion. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh yeah I, I I that may have been why I stayed away from it for a minute. That's but right. obviously people love it. They do. Yes. And, like me. He wins and, all the awards. And I think you'll love it too. And the acting is great. The acting
0: of the of the main five are are just so good. Um, Sterling K. Brown, I want him to be in everything from now on. Like he's amazing. That's awesome. But anyway. And Mandy Moore. and you, Mandy Moore. Who you want to <laughs> I want I just want Maybe her to be my best, best friend. friend. <laughs> I want her to be my mom. I want her to be my friend. I want her to be my sister She seems
1: like you could go to her house and she'd be like doing laundry and you'd be like, Hey. And you sit down and you guys like you have like tea while she's like, you know, folding yes. clothes or something. Like she's like real chill. Yes. You know, like exactly. real her. Yes.
0: Um, her Instagram would agree
1: with that. <laughs> um but so speaking of Hollywood,
0: uh w- the movie we're talking about today, to me, is quintessential Hollywood. Yes. Um, and uh there's so much lore wrapped up in this one. But um, so we're talking about The Wizard of Oz. Yay. And when you picked this movie, I was like, oh, <gasps> Cause it's, it, for people who have listened to this show, um, a lot of the films that have been picked, I either don't like, um, and and it's not like oh I hate that movie. It's just like oh yeah, that's not one of my favorites. Like I don't yeah. particularly like it. Yeah, or I'm like yeah no, I like that one. Um, we haven't done one yet where I'm like this is probably my number two favorite movie of all time. Wow,
1: what's and, your number one? Labyrinth. Oh. You know, it's... So, okay, yeah, that's crazy. You said that. It's probably one of, that's probably my favorite movie of all time, too. This actually probably is my favorite movie of all time, and Labyrinth might be number uh, close to. That's the thing, is that when I was...
0: Re- I was also... I rewatched it uh, for this conversation, and I was like, you know, self... I know I definitively said to myself that Labyrinth is my favorite movie, but when I was rewatching it, I was like, maybe it's this one. It's, it's so like, good. It, it is so good. And for me, it is everything about movies and entertainment that I love. Mm-hmm. It is fantastical, it's funny, it's entertaining, it's charming, it's scary. Yeah. Um and uh, it has a nice
1: little message to it. It does. It does. I I mean, yeah, it's funny when we when I was looking at the list, I was looking at breakfast one morning and I was sitting here with my boyfriend and we were like going through the list and he was like, "Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one." And all the movies he pointed to, I was like I, some of them I haven't seen, mm-hmm. and then a lot of them I'm just like, those are just not movies that hit me hard, or I saw them much later in life. Yeah. Like, a lot of those movies, although they're they're the movies that you should watch, I did not watch them till college, yeah. whereas, like, The Wizard of Oz... I watched when I was a kid. Yeah, you know, and it was a movie that the whole family watches. Your father quotes it, or whatever. Yes. you know, people qu- talk about it, and it's not, you know, it's not the same as Taxi Driver. You right. know what I mean? Yes. So it's like, and no offense to Taxi Driver, it's just not a movie. I just watched it when I was an adult, and I. It probably just didn't have the same impact on me. I mean, maybe also because I'm a woman. I'm not sure. But, like, it just didn't have the same impact on me as, like, a movie like this. I am so glad you brought that up. Because.
0: So, the whole thing about this AFI list is honestly just to give me parameters and give the guest parameters. Because if you say, pick a movie, it's like, well, uh, what? Right, like, right, right. And, and whatever. But, um... So the list. So when AFI first did this list of their 100 greatest films, um, they ranked The Wizard of Oz at number six, um, which I think makes sense. I think it's absolutely a top 10 movie. Um, In 2007, when they redid it, they dropped it to number 10. Ooh. But here's what is ahead of it. Okay. Number four is Raging Bull. Okay. (laughs) Number uh, five, Singing in the Rain, which I love. Yeah. But I don't think it's a, I don't know if it should be higher than The Wizard of Oz.
1: I mean, both very, you know, quintessential... Hollywood movies. Yes. Very old Hollywood. Yes. And I can see why, you know, they're they're of the same kind of like ilk in some ways to me. I would agree.
0: I yeah, and it's and and it's movie stars. Like Gene Kelly is a movie star and Debbie Reynolds is a movie star. And you know, truly, when you look at the Wizard of Oz, Judy Garland obviously is a Hollywood legend, but she and and all the actors in it are are character actors Mm -hmm. and well known and like classic classic actors but my point is more that she as a child she was 17 in this movie which I looked That's up crazy. because she looks older to me she does but it's the way they did hair and makeup exactly. I think though. I think yeah. you're right I think you're right but regardless the point is that like I think um singing in the rain has more movie stars mm-hmm. and is about movies and Hollywood really loves to loves a movie about movies. <laughs> a movie about we love <laughs> La La Land.
1: We're like we want it. Sure do. Love La La Land.
0: And so, and then finally, um, number nine is Vertigo. And yeah. uh, you know, I've for the listeners of this podcast who, who I've done, we've done an episode on Vertigo and with Rebecca McKendry. Okay. Um, and she and I both were kind of like, I mean, obviously, in terms of directing, mm. he Hitchcock did things. Technically with that film That are groundbreaking The vertigo shot Which we know from You know Seen in Jaws And countless other things um, But like I just fundamentally Disagree With those three You're So these got moved like,
1: up Above yes. oh, wow. Above Wizard of Oz
0: And Wizard of Oz Dropped to the To number 10 And I'm I, I just got very
1: defensive When I was reading yes. this list and I was like What um, Wait like- so Clark, Who votes on these Like what is the What's the deal Fels I'm sorry You've probably already covered this. In the no, podcast.
0: we haven't actually. Because okay, I'm like not super prepared. Um, <laughs> I honestly don't know who the the body is. I mean, it's the American Film Institute makes the decision, so it has to be their membership, right? And one would assume that the majority of the American Film Institute membership is older, probably. Yeah. Probably mostly men. Um, uh, which is. Both are fine things to be, yeah. Um, but it's and that's part of the reason why I kind of like bouncing off this list is because my the people who I talk to often have a very different perspective, yeah, than the uh, deciders, right? You know, right, right, and right. so and so that's that's part of the thing that I found that I love about the, doing this show is is listening to other people's opinions who otherwise who are absolutely who are absolutely qualified to weigh in, um, but otherwise probably wouldn't get the opportunity to.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. I I mean, yeah, I would say none of those movies would be on my, like if I I was a voting body, uh, those would not be on my top 10. Wizard of Oz definitely would be. Yeah. But I can't imagine voting in, you know, Raging Bull or something. Which, no offense to that movie. It's just not a movie that hit me in a way that I feel like this movie did.
0: No, and you know what else? Like, the thing, the thing that I, the, if I was in debate club, and I had to debate this. Yes. My, my core thesis would be that everybody from Martin Scorsese to Steven Spielberg to pick a director who came after was influenced by this movie yeah for sure like I I was recently when I one of the last times I watched this movie Um, like I love the movie Drag me to hell
1: oh yeah um, I just
0: rewatched this Isn't that's it, so weird that I, you just
1: brought that up I like literally I think the DVD case is like over there somewhere.
0: I love that movie and but I know it so well that as I watch it sometimes I'm like this is straight out of Wizard of Oz. That mm. is straight out of Wizard uh-huh, of Oz. Uh-huh. And of course, Sam Raimi went on to direct Oz the Great and Powerful. Right. So like, I just feel like it's, that's my debate club argument is,
1: <laughs> is you don't <laughs> get- This <laughs> one influenced everybody. Yes, you
0: don't get Raging Bull, the way Raging Bull came out. And Scorsese is not, sh- I mean, Scorsese is a student of film. And so, you know, he talks, of course he talks about all of these movies like having an influence on him. And I would argue there's a scene in War of the Worlds that is a direct copy of of the scene where Dorothy answer, opens the door to Oz. Oh, and there's color and like that, it, it was like, whoa. And I have a, it's a long story, but I have a whole alternate reading of Steven Spielberg's uh, War of the Worlds. Oh, interesting. Yeah, basically I think, have you seen it? I have seen it. Okay, so spoiler alert if you haven't seen War of the Worlds, I guess, but whatever. <laughs> um, there's, a, so so Tom Cruise, um, he he gets into a fight with Tim Robbins yes. uh, downstairs, but we don't see what happens. He basically just tells Elle Fanning To, like, cover her eyes, sing her song, I have to go in here for a minute. And we are left to go, okay, what's about to happen? Because we know that Tim Robbins is like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill you. Right. Uh, And we're, or he's crazy. We're doing this way. So one of them emerges, and it's Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise then opens the door and all of the red is everywhere. The Martians have come and sprouted. And and so all of a sudden there is this huge burst of color and magically for the rest of the movie, Tom Cruise, who has been a horrible father this whole time and a Rather despicable person becomes a hero, right? And things start working out for him, and the Martians collapse, and all of a sudden he's reunited with his son. And so my alternate reading is that Tom Cruise dies in the room.
1: Okay, that's what I thought you were saying. They they switch. You and think it's, it's a freaky Friday it's situation? Heaven. Oh, okay. It's like basically <laughs> like heaven. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's, it's
0: not real, which is and as we see in the Wizard of Oz, like it's a fantasy. She goes to this like right, you know, so it's not not real what she sees. Right, right. So that's my like alternate reading of, of War of the Worlds. I like that reading though. Yeah, I, that that's works good. too.
1: If you like rewatch
0: the movie with that in mind, it totally works.
1: I mean, I think that that's an interesting reading because anyway, War of the Worlds is originally was a f- fake thing, you know, a fake, yeah. fake radio, it was a radio play, right? So- or a radio play that people thought was real. Right, so it right. really could be, you could do any interpretation yeah. of the movie with yeah. the movie version. But it's very Wizard of Oz. There's
0: a Wizard of Oz moment in there. Anyway, speaking of that, okay, so I want to ask you, um, you, when did you, like, was this a movie that you watched over and over and over as a kid? And like, or did could you trace a direct influence to your career as an actress or wanting Ooh. to be an actress? Or like, what is your childhood experience with this movie?
1: So I don't remember, I was trying to think of the when I was watching it yesterday. I can't remember the first time I mm-hmm. saw it because it's one of those things that I feel like I've seen. Yes, Like maybe I was born watching yeah. this movie. Like I don't know. It's been a movie that I I just have always been, a. have always yeah. known it. We always had like some sort of a VHS copy mm-hmm. of it at some point and it's never not been around. Mm-hmm. And then in maybe high school, I think we either still had the VHS or something. Cause I'm old enough to wear, even in high school I had a VHS. Uh, And I, and and I also worked at a library and we had like posters of it there. And I remember taking a poster home. Hmm. Don't know if I was supposed to. And putting that on my wall. And I'm, I don't really like have like a, like we sat down at Easter and watched this every year. I just know that I watched it so much that like all of the, you know, it's funny you watch and you're like all the lines are like, I can say them, And I haven't watched this movie in five years at least. Yeah. Probably about five years. Um, But as far as like how it influenced me, it's funny because, you know, I write, I've I've written and I wrote and directed a screenplay and I just wrote another movie that just got made. And like, I I find that there's always like one theme I come Mm -hmm. back to over and over again, which is that whatever you need, you already have it. Mm -hmm. And this is like the theme of also my life. (laughs) Not to like get too like woo-woo about it, but... um, I, I do find that whenever I am looking for something or think that like I need this thing, the thing is that we already have it. Like, yeah. and that's the whole, that's the theme of the movie for me where, you know, Dorothy, she's she's out, she's in, you know, she's in Oz. She's trying to find her way back. She has to do all these things and it turns out they already had the things they were looking for. You know, the Tin Man already, he didn't need a heart. He yeah. already had a heart. You know, he couldn't be walking around without a heart. Come on. Yeah. And like she had these shoes the whole time they could have taken her home the entire time. What you need is literally right there in front of you. Mm. It's, I mean, I don't think there's like a simpler thesis than that. And it's kind of this thesis that I feel like I'm always writing about. I'm always like finding in my own life, you know, and it, and it, it hits so home for me it hits home for me every time I watch it. It's like really crazy. Anyway. No, it's, it's, it's
0: funny because I think that they're like at face value, you could take it and say, you know, (laughs) you could look and say, don't go on adventures. Just stay in your house. (laughs) Like stay home. Right. You know, are you too good for your home? Like, it's very like a little happy Gilmore moment, but like, (laughs) um, (laughs) but it's, it's true. But, but I, I agree so much more with that interpretation and the idea that, you know, you, you are, you, yeah, it's all inside. Like it's, it's all inside. And, and also the idea that, you know, she wouldn't have made it without these people who looked after her and she looked after them. Mm -hmm. And, um, but yeah, I think there's something really sweet and it's also like count your blessings kind of thing. Like, as in, you know, you, if you, you, we are, most of us are so fortunate. Um, and we, we want and we dream and we desire Mm -hmm. bigger and better things. And, and sometimes though it's, it's really important to remember, like to take, minute and, and look around. Yeah. And appreciate like what is right there right now.
1: Yeah. And I think you're right. Like these people she meets along the way, like, you know, it's, it's, it's very much like if you view your life as sort of an adventure, right? You meet people along the way who have parallel experiences with you, but they also are going for their own thing. Like maybe you don't need the courage you need, you know, to get home, but you know, you can be in the same adventure as someone. You can have different goals, but be in the same Doing the same thing as them, which I feel like in Los Angeles is such a like metaphor, like and you're abs- always meeting yes. people with different goals, but you end up working together to do this one thing or whatever um what was it, what, what's the experience for you? I want to know what your background is with that I similarly was born with this movie playing. <laughs> <laughs> Like you're you're born, they hand your mother yes. a copy of uh, the Wizard of Oz, and they're like, "Just play this once a week." I'm born.
0: I come out, and then all of a sudden, somebody presses play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> I know truly, like, um, w- this is this is the movie that uh, that made me want to that inc- it didn't make me want to perform. I think it made me see like, oh, other people do this too, mm-hmm. and um, and made me feel totally. normal. Normal and natural as a two, three, four-year-old. No exaggeration. Being like, nope. This is hello. I'm here, and this right. is exactly what I want to do. And my parents tell us so. Uh, we they had one of those giant um, square televisions that were like, I mean, they were four feet tall. Oh, you right. Know and it's I mean? like it's
1: like essentially like a piece of furniture because yes. it's like so thick. Because it's so thick <laughs> and so giant. And so <laughs> was it wood? Was it wood panel? It was wood panel. Great, great, right, great, Sure was.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I. Would would put on my blue dress and stand next to the TV and basically like be Dorothy standing. Oh, amazing. I mean, and this is, and truly like it, um, it's, I've seen this movie a million times. It's fresh and new to me every time yeah. Um, yet so familiar like you're saying like it was amazing when I was re-watching and I was like holy shit I really have this whole thing like I know this yeah. so well and you forget how well you know it and also I was surprised to realize the movie's an hour and 45 minutes long like yeah. it moves so as an adult I feel like the movie moves so fast it, it does really um,
1: like boom boom next scene next scene yeah. next scene except the beginning which I feel like she's in Kansas for much longer than I ever remember she is every time I'm always like oh right she's still gotta meet the wizard guy the yes. guy with the campfire she's still got to like run home like i'm always like it's always like shocking how long that part yes, is it is because i don't know how long it is but it feels like it's like
0: 20 minutes it is 20 it is it's, it's i think i think i paused it um to do to do something at that point and was like holy shit we're still here we're, we're still, still in, in kansas. kansas yeah <laughs> um but uh but but it's funny because um even though that part is not the um the glamorous part you know there's so much i i appreciate more the groundwork they lay. It's such simple storytelling. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think another reason why I love this movie so much is because it's so basic yeah. but, and yet so much more. Um, uh, it's like the most elaborate version of, Traditional or basic that you can have. And I think I'd mean that in a good way. Yeah. Um, but the stuff in Kansas, some of it is so funny to me. Like Professor Marvel makes me laugh so hard. Um, which is the wizard. Um, when he's in Kansas, he just has such funny little one liners. Um, or like (laughs) when, when her uncle, you know, Miss Gulch comes and her uncle, you know, she says, Oh, you know, um, I, I was bitten. And she, and he goes, Oh, she bit you? Yeah. 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 (laughs) Great. I know. I love that too.
1: It's like such great. Little I, comedy I love it. beat When I was re-watching This time I remembered And I was a kid I always saw this too Why was he so scared When she fell in With those pigs Like that is one part Where I was like This does not seem like Her life is in danger right. But they obviously Had to endanger her In some yes. way But in like you know Not very scary Considering later A witch casts a curse On her and turns a, The whole a whole like uh, what do you call those things? An hourglass yes. over and is gonna murder her within an hour or something. Like the stakes are real. Stakes really get <laughs> up there compared to those pigs that she just fell among yeah. and they were freaking out about. Yeah, exactly. Miss Gulch is such a bitch too. Oh, she's so good. And she's amazingly well cast. So I did go and read about her on Wikipedia because I yeah. was like, as an actress, you're always curious about you know, these these women who played these major characters, yes. uh, character actresses, right? Especially of this time, like what happened to her? Did she die in obscurity? Like what? Ha- and, uh- yeah, apparently she. Was, I mean, I think she was fine. I don't know. I just read this one part where she said they called her and they were like, "They want you to be in Wizard of Oz," and she was like, Oh great!" And they're like, "They want you to play the witch," and she was like, "The witch!" And she was like, so pissed about it. Yeah. Well, then you have like Billy. Uh,
0: What's her name? Billy Brett, I think. She who plays Glenda, getting to show up in her. Pretty, oh, I know, amazing. Like you know, just like, oh hello. And right. Like she's probably sitting over there smoking. a cigarette I know. I like, know. Fucking just fucking like, bitch. Like, I hate like, her. Like this. <laughs> it's not my fault it. I look like this. Leave I me alone, but everyone. But she's so great. She's excellent. And and a true, I think she is, let's see, they uh, AFI does a little villains list too. Oh. And uh, she is the number four villain in the history of movies. She's
1: great. I mean, and you just, you don't often see these kind of character actresses as much in, like, where she full on takes yes. over this witch and becomes, you know, goes from being Mrs. Gulch to the witch and you see, and she's such a different character, but still has some of the same elements. And like, you know, Meryl Streep is... Really great as that witch. In, yeah. Um, Into the woods. Thank you. And she's amazing, but you don't see her like really become yes. this character in the way that she did, where it's like, it's. It, she's very scary. She is. And, and I think she is responsible
0: for a generation or multiple generations of filmmakers and people who watch movies, nightmares. Like, yeah, I, you know, I actually would love to know. So my experience with horror is that I, um, always was, I always loved scary things when I was a kid, but I was a very scared kid. Oh, interesting. so I would like walk right up to, I would like sit down to watch something and it'd be way too much and I'd have to turn it like I'd be <laughs> way too scared. Um, uh, and it wasn't until I got into high school where I was able to go. Okay, I can do it. Like you know. Yeah. Um. But the the witch, uh, the wicked witch of the west. Might she got so inside of me, not permanently, but the concept of witches and her as a witch. My dad. When I was a kid, made witch spray, and so he got a can of air freshener, cute dad, and mm-hmm. cute dad move, and wrapped it and like drew a witch on Aww. it, and it said witch spray, so you could spray. I could spray it around if would- I was scared, and she oh, wouldn't be able to come so over. that's so
1: great!
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was yeah. So like, what what is your experience with when you were a
1: kid with genre and things that scared you? Um, you know, I did watch scary things. Probably not as much as like most people. I mean, now I watch a ton of scary stuff. I had an older brother and that is always like the, I feel like the gate into the like, he's watching Nightmare on Elm Street. So I'm like, I want to watch Nightmare on yes. Elm Street. But I couldn't handle a lot of it. And I think a lot of times I would play it cool in front of people and then go home. And I mean, to bring up another Oz movie, uh, Return to Oz yeah. was one of the scariest movies that I'd ever seen as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I think must've seen it before I should have because- I was so scared of wheelers when I was a child and the witch in, was she a witch in Return to Oz where she takes her head off and replaces it with other heads? That was one of the scariest things I had ever seen. And that and those guys with the wheels on their hands were just two horrifying things that I saw entirely too young, I think, because I would think about them all the time. I'd have nightmares about them. I would be scared they'd come into my bedroom. So I think I was very good at playing it cool. Mm-hmm. Like when I was around my like older cousin and my older brother, but then once I got alone, I was like, just hope that those people, don't those flying monkeys don't come in here <laughs> and try to grab me because yeah. those are really scary. This is a weird thing. So I do think... Um, I, I must have had, when I was a kid, a VHS that cut off at some point because when we get to the, the part in the castle where she kills that witch, yeah. I don't remember any of that. Whoa. like I Every time I watch it, I'm like, right this is part of the movie because yeah. she has to kill her. But I don't remember that part, and I don't know. Maybe I fast forwarded it because it was too scary or something. When
0: I was a kid, there, and there were parts that were less interesting to me, I would just get up and do something else, right?
1: And then come back and right. be like,
0: "Okay, my favorite part is that." Yeah, 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 did. yeah, right, right, right. I'm
1: sure. I'm and, sure we. I'm sure that's something like that. And
0: and also, when you're a kid, the fun parts. I think are are the when you meet the the yeah. know, Scarecrow and Tin Man and Lion and then they go to Oz like that's the fun stuff yeah and then once she gets into the castle it's like boring I, if for me as a kid I was like this is, this part's boring I yeah. don't want to watch this also because Dorothy is like so she's exiled and so you're spending a lot of time with the side characters like coming up with a goofy mission and yeah and, and you're like and if you're me you're going but this isn't the fun part why aren't this what it's is true this? the most
1: fun part parts were always when they got to Oz and also Munchkinland. Like yes. those are the parts that I wanted to like spend a lot of time in. Because talk about extravagant. I mean, those are like the sets, the costumes, the songs. And I mean, obviously you love musicals too. Yeah. I loved musicals. I've never like been a dancer of any sort, but I always was like so impressed with all of the dancing yeah. and the singing. It was just like thought it was the most fantastic thing. But the Munchkins are very strange. Oh yeah, it's uh, so. There's some strange choices that happen there. I was when I was watching it this time, <laughs> I kept thinking, like it is a little bit like an acid trip. Like it's yeah. a little bit of a Nightmareville because the Munchkins look like. Some of them are, are are clearly children. Yeah. Dressed up to look older. And then they have very strange hair. And like it's a weird choice. They made a
0: lot of choices in this movie. <laughs> actually, it's funny you say that because I noticed when they go to Oz and they get their makeovers, mm-hmm. um, the all of the very specific like the munchkins look or the people of Oz, because they're not actually munchkins, they're the people of Oz look like this. Yes. And their hair is a certain way yes. and their makeup is a certain way. And even their costumes are different. Yeah, Because in Munchkinland... It's all almost very um, proper is the wrong word, but they're all informal. They're they're all very dressed. Yeah, very dressed. And in Oz, granted, we are like spending time with people who are providing a service, like whether it's the groomers or whatever. But like they they wear shirts that say like Oz on <laughs> 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 Like
1: if we everyone in L A walked around with a shirt that said L A. Yeah, exactly.
0: It. And the, but there there's a very clear, you know, like it, when you bring up the the look of these. People that are not our principal characters. There is a very clear look yeah. to Munchkin Land versus
1: Oz. Do you feel like the Oz people are a little, slightly a bit about, uh, like, um, Oh my god the name of the movie is escaping me but it's like the biggest movie the Jennifer Lawrence movie with Oh the, Hunger Games Like it's a little bit like the people in yeah. in the Capitol in Hunger Games Well and I as
0: you were saying that it just I just thought like oh shit well they're in Emerald City they're in right. the the fancy part where the wizard lives Yes yeah, so they're so, all fancy people Yeah so naturally I suppose they would have a certain look or a certain something
1: about them I mean they run around on like horses <laughs> inside from yeah. all I can tell is those horses <laughs> are living indoors Horses inside <laughs> Which is amazing. <laughs> that's, a, that's a sign of wealth if there ever was one. Absolutely. But to go back to those munchkins. Yes. Well, first of all, I was talking to my boyfriend last night and I said, um, I was like, you probably can't use the word munchkin anymore. And then I was like, wait, that's a made up word. There's nothing not PC about Ex- that. Exactly. That's a literal made up word. Yes. I can't, You can probably use it. Yes. <laughs> don't, don't know where my brain was there. But those uh, Lollipop Pop Guild. They're really creepy. They are really creepy. So creepy. And like, I remember being creeped out by them and then watched it again and was like, still creepy. Well, and the, there's a direct,
0: like, I am so curious what the direction was for them. <laughs> so strange. Because <laughs> their faces
1: are, they're all <laughs> making a very weird face. Well, they're like faces, they're kind of, okay. So I noticed when I watched it this time that they're, you know, their mouths, they're talking out of the side of their mouth. Yes. And I think it's one, it's a little strange because they're obviously not singing, you know, so there's yes. like that. And then they go back and join the crowd, and they're not talking outside their mouth anymore. So that was a strange director,
0: very cho- choice. Weird choice, right? Yes. Um, but then the Lullaby Guild is so beautiful, yes. And they're so like classy, and and they 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 look like they don't look real, you know? They're right. so um, so yeah. But the costumes of the Munchkins so weird. are yeah, totally weird. And yet the artistry. I'm so glad you brought up the sets and all of that because yeah. a couple of years ago they. Posted Post converted Wizard of Oz into 3D, oh. and um, it was it was making the rounds. And I went and saw it at the um, Chinese here in Hollywood. And um, you know, usually post convert is not great because it's you know movies are not. Made to be converted into 3D, but yeah, yeah, The yeah. Wizard of Oz was one of the most beautiful 3D experiences I've ever seen because everything was tangible. Everything mm. was made. Right, right, you know, right. Like, the sets
1: are like very elaborate.
0: Exactly. Like it's not, and even the backdrops are have depth to them. Yeah, because they need to trick your eye into thinking that it keeps going. Yeah. So, so actively, there the artists are trying to make it look like more than it actually is. Right. Um, but Everything, the, the, the dresses and the outfits, the fact that, honestly, there are people. There are actual actors there. These are not, like, CG creatures in the right, background right, 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 running right. around. Um, and so it it is truly remarkable
1: when you look at the production of The Wizard of Oz. Right, yeah. It's. I mean, it is a beautiful movie. And I think as a kid, that probably was also a draw because... It's so tangible and it's so fantastical, but also it wasn't something that my mind couldn't comprehend. Exactly. You know, like it was like, I can see all these things, but I can tell like you can touch them. And it's like, there's no uncanny valley happening. Like I understand that these are all like physical things that these people can hold and touch. Those are actual large lollipops. I'm really into them. Yes.
0: And also, you know, there's something to, I was thinking about this yesterday. Um, The idea of actors as the lion the Tin Man, yeah. the the Scarecrow. Like there are real human bodies with makeup on yeah. and how there's something that is truly timeless about them. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I don't look at, you know, obviously it's a fantasy, but sometimes when you look at fantasy films, whether they're from the 30s or whether they're Star Wars or whether it's, you know, whatever, you look and you go, okay, this was that time period's idea of what fantasy looked like. Yeah. Uh-huh. And for me, The Wizard of Oz, is timeless mm-hmm. because there's not any or maybe it's just because personally my aesthetic is I love throwbacks I guess but I don't feel like that's it I feel like Oz looks like it looks like it could have been made today yeah. if we invested in in
1: makeup which we don't but you know right what right I mean? right for sure for sure and I think It's timeless also because there's something theatrical about it where it feels almost like you're watching a really well done play. Yeah. Because we go and we watch like Wicked or something like that and you see the same kind of makeup. I mean the makeup has not gone away. That's just – that makeup still kind of looks like that. It still looks really awesome. And uh, yeah, I think there's something really – yeah, when you have something physical – it's different than if you're watching something CG, honestly. I mean, that's
0: just. And you can really see those performances. I mean, one thing that I would be curious if, if ever there, we were to go back into the world of the wizard of Oz, if we, there was sort of like an Andy circus or motion, like highly, um, highly advanced motion capture, um, you know, performance capture rather, uh, that you could do for the lion or you could do Mm. so that it maybe looked like more of a person. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, well, that's I can, interesting. I, I mean, can maybe see that. But
1: what I like about them is they're so it is that that you know s- like singer dancer thing that I would love to be, but like just cannot be. Where they're like these like vaudeville actors, yes. and they get up on stage and everything's big and like you know the the Tin Man is like leaning way over and like that kind of stuff. As a kid, was just like hilarious, like peak of comedy. Yeah, of and comedy. and like and that kind of stuff. I think is. It's, it's definitely lost now. We don't do that anymore because it seems so corny right. at this point.
0: Yeah, it's, um, you know, I've, I've been thinking a lot about the influences, you know, to go back to the debate club argument. If I was in debate club, <laughs> I was like, all right, what would my supporting points be? Um, and Were you, know, you in debate club?
1: Because <laughs> like, you just said supporting points, so I feel like you were maybe in debate for club. like a second. <laughs>
0: <once>. <laughs> but I, I was like, okay, you know, I thought about Return to Oz, mm. which, by the way, it's funny because Because we were just, I was just talking about Beetlejuice on another episode. And the girl who I was talking to was like, "Uh, did you ever watch the animated show? And I was like, that wasn't the real thing. So I didn't. (laughs) And same with Return to Oz. I didn't, it didn't. I never finished the movie. Oh, wow. I had like a, a babysitter, I think was like, oh, Clark, you love Wizard of Oz. Here's another Wizard of Oz movie. And she like showed it to me and we started it and I was like, what is this? Yeah. Where are all my favorite people?
1: It's a very different movie. Yeah.
0: Where is, where is Dorothy? That's not Dorothy. No. What are you, what are you? That's for to, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you all trying to lie to me? Right now? <laughs> but I thought about that and Wicked and, and there's something about like, there is just something about the influence that this story, people have been trying to recapture this magic, Mm-hmm. for almost a hundred years. Mm-hmm. And, and I would, I mean, Wicked, I think, um, I love that book. I love that musical, but what's fascinating is honestly, it builds more off of the film than the original
1: source material. Oh, a- absolutely. You know? And you know, what's interesting about, let me add to your debate club yeah. argument, which is that you can have something like Wicked, which is that we all know the story so well that you can take a character that's not the main character and tell their story and none of us are confused. None of us are like, wait, who is this woman? Who is this green lady? Like, we all get it. We know who the green lady is. You know, there's no explanation. It's actually just become part of the cultural zeitgeist at this point. The same way, this is my theory about the Spider-Man movies where I'm like, why do we keep retelling that origin story? It actually is literally part of our cultural zeitgeist. Like, we all understand what that story is the same way anybody can tell you what wizard of oz is about which is why it should be higher up than some of those other movies yeah (laughs) i
0: agree i think it's a it's a great point and yeah it's true like the idea that there is so much and i think it's you know what honestly i think we take it for granted like i think we as or or people and when we think about pop culture take for granted the how god like Every little thing in this movie has become a oh, thing.
1: Oh, totally! It's so weird because there's lines I literally forgot about that mm-hmm. are in this movie. There's a line my dad used to always say, which is "Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain." And I'm like, "Oh my god, this one was vase. Like I kind of I forgot yes. until just rewatching. That's it. a saying. The yeah, man the, behind the yeah. There's no place like home. Yep. Uh, we're, Toto, we're not in Kansas anymore. I'll get you and your little dog too. Yep. Like those are like just some basic ones, but there's some that you you're like, oh right, like this is like eh. we say these lines without even knowing where they're from, right? exactly yeah. yeah it's um i i love this movie so much
0: <laughs> it's so good and i think i think too you know there's so like i think often about about kids and like if you could if a little kid today would be engaged by this this movie let's say i was just at the new beverly and and saw a, a kiddie matinee um, that's what they call it of mary poppins Ooh. and i um i love mary poppins yeah, me but too. mary poppins is long it's two hours and 20 minutes wow is it it is um, now. Granted, I think it. I think it moves, and I love it. But it, it certainly doesn't move like Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. Um, but the kids were able. The kids were still laughing at some of the jokes, and like it didn't matter that the movie was from the sixties or whatever. Um, but. I think about the acting styles that we see on Disney Channel now, let's say. And sometimes, honestly, I don't recognize them because it's so over the top. Yeah. Um, and yet, you know, I would say that this movie, the acting isn't over the top, but it is big. It yeah, is it is big. It's
1: very theatrical. Wait, I have to ask you, have you ever auditioned for any of those Disney Channel no. shows? No. Uh, the last time I was in for one, this is just a total side note story, I was in for one and they were like, okay, cast director I know, she's like, can you do it bigger? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And and then I did it bigger, she's like, Yeah, do it a little bigger and then I did it bigger and she was like, I just maybe this isn't right for you. <laughs> Like, cool, cool. And that was like three years ago. I've never been oh, brought in for one since my, then. You know what's so funny?
0: So speaking, I am in this, um, I am, my goal, one of my goals in 2018 is to, is to work in commercials. Great. Um, And uh, so I'm in a, a commercial workshop right now. Love and it. um, I'm, I, it's, you know, I'm learning a lot and you know, this is something that I don't know if a lot of people know, and I'd be curious if you agree, but I feel like stage acting, commercial acting, TV acting, and film acting are pretty.
1: Different, all very different, yeah. and I actually would say within television, there's like a couple of different. There's yes. sitcom versus an hour long, long yes. episode, like two different kinds of acting. So,
0: um, there, this it's it's kind of like, whoa, how would you know that if you didn't know that? It, it, you know, it's like I'm learning so much, um. <laughs> th- I in our first week of class um, he picks a winner of of every because he puts us on film for an audition he comes in and lectures we all as a group watch all of our auditions he, you know see what did you do wrong okay now go downstairs and do it again mm. and so he picks a winner um, I don't
1: know if I like that but go ahead I know I, it's I, a little I, it's a little rough <laughs> I
0: I agree but um, he picked so he, I won the first class right which I'm not saying that Yay. to pat myself on Yay. the back but one of the things that he said was he was Like it's too big. It's too big. Everything I was doing was too big. And when I was rewatching Wizard of Oz yesterday, I was like, okay, well, if Judy Garland, if it's, okay, if it's Judy Garland, then it is okay for you.
1: Thank you very much. Yes. Don't tell me my life. Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, all these actors were coming from, you know, stage, from stage, yes. from vaudeville, from doing all these huge things. So it makes sense that they were like this. Also, this is just what the acting style was at that time. Anything you watch, I'm always like, Jesus, dramatic. Yeah. And, and now we're just, we're mumble our way through things. It's it's amazing. And but also though, if you are I would I would say that the reason to me, Wizard of Oz
0: doesn't feel like a punch in the face. You know what I mean? Because yeah. there are some old movies that you can watch and you know, some like it hot. Oh, Honestly, yeah. that movie is so over the top. Yeah like so big in terms of the acting style. But the difference is some like it hot allegedly takes place in real life this mm. takes place in a fantasy land oh that's interesting so it's like so we can allow it to be bigger exactly and on top of that you are surrounded by sets that are literally so big right that you there's no way you could overpower them right you as a human being are not big enough to to you know seem out of place it's very
1: true yeah it's true like if you're like you know dancing down a yellow brick road that leads to a castle that leads you know Know what I mean? Yeah. It's like that's that's like you can't get bigger. Exactly. That's yeah. That's a good point because but it doesn't feel out of place. No.
0: Um, but yeah, it's uh, the acting. You know, it's it's a it's a fascinating thing. Every the yeah. But but with the Disney Channel stuff, I think part of the reason <laughs> that that style of acting does feel so out of place is because. Allegedly This is supposed to be a, Someone's real
1: house Or someone. You right, know what I mean Right 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 and it's like Nobody Nobody's acting like that At their house and Like if, no one's going To the coffee <laughs> shop And like screaming yeah. Like it's just Screaming acting There's Like, so much And the thing screaming. is I project Like I talk loudly I'm a very animated person yeah. Like I, I But I don't, I'm definitely Not as big as they are On Wizard of Oz Or Disney channels yeah. <laughs> so there you go These are the bars That yeah. we have to hit
0: <laughs> um, Yeah it's, it's a challenge But okay So so um, everybody gets the opportunity to pick a movie that they would add to the list. Can mm-hmm. you think, or and if you don't want to add something to the list, like can you think of a movie that you think should be, that's one of your favorites that should
1: have more acclaim that maybe doesn't? Uh, so you've already done Labyrinth. Did well, we are, we t- we're talking about Labyrinth. We can talk about Labyrinth. So um, I recently did a, a live show at UCB where I showed a movie and that was the one I showed oh, awesome. because it was like a show, a movie you loved. And this is another one that I feel like Actually, I remember the tape we had of it as a kid because there was a part recorded over, and like, <laughs> and I don't, I don't know what happens during that part, which is weird. But it's either. another movie with kind of the same, same premise, right? It's which is that Wizard of Oz. Yeah. You have the power in you all the time. Yep. Like you're, it's a girl. She's lost. She meets people along the way. These. Also, like both teenage girls, yep. and so for me, obviously, like it's a very different movie because David Bowie's in it. Yes. Like there's, a, but I love the fantastical aspects of it. I loved puppetry when I was a kid. I loved any. I loved Jim Henson, and like that was always like my favorite. When Jim Henson died, there's been two celebrities I cried when they died, um, and Jim Henson was one of them. I'm having trouble remember the other one right now because I know there's another one. Anyway, uh, Jim Henson, and and. I think that, that's a movie that meant a lot to me. Yep. I don't think a lot of other people feel that way. So it was weird you said that. Really? Yeah, because I feel like that was a very... It is a very, like, in some ways, like, a very female movie. Oh, yeah. Because it's, like, this girl and she... She's saving a baby. <laughs> like there's just like yeah. things about it that are sort of feminine. Well, I think I think here's what I think.
0: Um, in the Wizard of Oz, the antagonist is Margaret Hamilton, is the witch, right? Mm-hmm. In Labyrinth, it's Jareth, and right. Jareth is sexy, very sexy. And the so, if you're going off the parallel, because I do, it's clear, you know, in in Sarah's room are Wizard of Oz paraphernalia, like all the classic stories that she loves, right? Yes. Um, but the the essence of both of these films is that both of these women have the power inside of them, yes, to accomplish whatever it is that they need to accomplish. They just don't know it yet, right? They're coming into that power. Mm-hmm. The difference is that the power she holds over
1: Jareth is sexual. Yeah, that's true. It's very and true. And I
0: think that's why a lot of men, especially, are like totally weird out. <laughs>
1: By labyrinth, like they are like, what is this thing? Like it's what? True. And all they
0: can focus on, and I know you guys are at home are going to be like, Clark just said that this, but all anyone can focus on that ju- comes to labyrinth later is David Bowie's pants. Wow, and his they're bulge. very tight. Let's be real, they're very tight. <laughs> but it's like I am not kidding you, and I am not. I am not a prude. I was not raised in a weird house about sex. Like none of that stuff. I am telling you that it wasn't until high
1: school oh yeah when
0: i was watching it with like a group of guy friends and girlfriends where they were just unable to stop staring at david bowie's package oh yeah me too. And, and i just was didn't i was even very old it. well of
1: course not. you were a kid how would I mean, you you wouldn't even think to look for it no and the, the, i same with me like i was definitely way more concerned about that guy the little thing what is it? Hoggle like, killing the fairies that really bothered me yeah. when I was a kid. And there are a couple parts that really scared me, and I, and the bog of eternal stench. Like these yes. were the concerns for me, not David Bowie's package, right? Yes, that that was not as it. it, it you wouldn't notice as a little curl because no. you don't little girls don't think about penises. <laughs> like we, it's well true. hopefully we, I mean look, I, I don't want to speak for women everywhere. Like, but as a little girl it was a lot, la- I didn't even think about it. It wasn't on my mind. And I will say that as a little girl I definitely,
0: I found Jareth attractive. Mm-hmm. There were, there were men in movies where I was like, I loved Michael Keaton as Batman. Ooh. I was very into him. I was very, like there were certain things as a little girl where I was like, I am attracted to this person. Well also he was
1: a little, he was a little feminine which made him yes. approach. Yes. Because he had, like, the hair and, like, he was definitely a man, but, like, he wasn't, like, old. Like, he, like, you know, yes. he had long hair and, like, tight clothing. He had that 80s thing where he was, like, bordering on being androgynous, yes. you know? And it was, but I, there was, so there was, like, a, I, as
0: a little girl, I remember being, like, like the scene where the ballroom dance. Oh, yes. Like, that scene for me as a little girl was just, like, this is what romance
1: is. <laughs> a man traps you in a labyrinth, you make it to a certain point and he drugs you. It's the peak of romance. There are masquerade balls everywhere. Like,
0: it's very true. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so like, I remember feeling like that sequence was very romantic, right? Ah. Even as a little girl and then, like, as through adolescence. Um, so that's there. But, yeah, to me, I was so much more concerned with Sarah's, like, real journey, yeah. you know, and not, like, all the other stuff.
1: Yeah, I was, too. And, like, and I think, like, girl on an adventure there's very few movies like that yes. but that was one of them like i loved never ending story that me was too. one that was really up there for me but obviously that was about a little boy yeah. although atreyu i feel like was androgynous he enough was. that i was like not sure if he was like i was young enough to be like is he maybe i identify with him i'm not sure yeah uh, <laughs> i agree. i was the same way yeah and so there but these were the two that i felt like i could identify with the female character yes. who was adventurous and like I was not a tomboy by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. I stayed at home and read books and but I wanted adventure. Yeah. Like and that was something I looked forward to as an adult, to be an adventurous, attractive woman running through a maze. You yes, know, like- <laughs> Exactly. Or I mean, no, but I you're you're right. Like,
0: and and I think the sense of adventure, the fact that these girls the other thing I like about both Dorothy and Sarah is essentially they get themselves into trouble. Yeah. And Great. and they have to learn the lesson. It's not, you know, like people can tell you all you want, but they're, they are defiant in a way Mm -hmm. where they're like, nah, I'm gonna do this. Mm -hmm. And then they go, okay, maybe I'm in way over my head. Like now I have to fix this. Right. And I think let's talk about adventure. Like, you know, you know, you move to a new place, you start an impossible career, like as adults and, and you go, okay, sometimes I don't know about you, but
1: sometimes I'm like, I mean I did this. I <laughs> I made my bed and now I'll live in my expensive Los Angeles apartment yep. and eat ramen noodles all day. Exactly.
0: And <laughs> and try and convince people to let me do the thing that everybody else wants to do. Uh, yeah. But it's
1: it's very true. I mean it is look, I mean you and we did a risky thing and you know I applaud you for it. You should applaud anyone who's doing it, because it's it's really fucking hard, yeah. honestly. And maybe these are the women who encouraged us to do that. I'm not sure. I just think that like they are it's these were cool role models. absolutely, And and it made me think, I grew up in a really small town and I, I don't feel like I exactly fit in. I felt like I, you know, I was definitely like reading books and not very athletic and, and I grew up in like a Texas football town. And I think to know there was, I wanted there to be a bigger world. Yes. I wanted there to be a fantasy world and I wanted there to be an Oz or, you yes. know, a labyrinth. and somewhere cool where there was cool things that I'd like had never even seen before. And, and... You know, it turns out that world doesn't necessarily exist, but there's some weird shit in L.A. So it's kind of like I went to Oz. I don't know. This is definitely. Everyone here wears a shirt that says L.A. So
0: (laughs) (laughs) That would be. I would never. North Hollywood. Yeah, exactly. Like
1: exactly where you live.
0: (laughs) No, but I mean, you know, it might sound a little. It it might sound like a little goofy, but I think that both of these movies have a lot of they they believe in magic, mm-hmm. and I think that ultimately, you know, the reason that I fell in love with this movie that and it and when I said in the beginning, it has everything that I love about this industry and I love about entertainment. Magic is part of that, yeah. and it's very easy as an adult to be to become cynical. Yeah, I mean, especially you know we are dealing with uh, all kinds of things, but social media and and all of that nastiness. It, it's very easy to to not want to dream, to not feel comfortable talking about a dream, or believing that magic exists. Yeah, and I just like that both of these movies unabashedly believe
1: that magic exists. I you. Could not have said it better. I 100% agree. I think to move to Los Angeles and participate in the film industry you have to be slightly delusional. Yes. Both these women were delusional. I love it. I love a delusional lady. What can I say? <laughs> Delu- we
0: just we're starting Delusional Ladies Club. <laughs> and you know what? Mandy
1: Moore is going to She's be our the
0: president. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I don't know if there's a better place to end it, but is there anything else that about either thing that you that you want to say? I don't want to. I just won't. No,
1: I think that was great. I love I love the Delusional Ladies Club. Good.
0: <laughs> Good. Delusional Ladies Club, it is. Well, Bria, thank you. I also realized that I, I like to roll into the pod and um, and you know just let it let like conversation naturally happen. But I didn't introduce you, so no, Bria fine. Grant has been here, and of course there's going to be an introduction. But thank you so much for letting me come in and talk to you. And yeah, I I I'm not surprised at all that um, like most of our movie going sensibilities line up with one another. It makes sense. It does. Yeah. Well, thank
1: you again. Yeah, thank you for having me on. (音楽) Music
0: Alrighty, friends, that's gonna do it for me today. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Isn't Bria just wonderful? Go subscribe to her podcast, The Reading Glasses Podcast, on Maximum Fun Network. Uh, and thank you guys so much for listening. I am going to be back this Thursday with a uh, the mini episode that is exclusive to the five dollar and up Patreon subscribers. And this is an AMA episode, so you guys left comments and questions on the Patreon, and I am going to be answering them. So definitely keep a lookout for that one. And I hope that today's episode left you feeling energized, inspired, giggly. I don't know. It was a silly episode, but what can you do? Alrighty, friends, that's going to do it for me today. I will see you all on Thursday.